I told you about the best joke I've ever made, right? What was it? That my sister, she had a cyst for a while. And she said, oh, do you like my new perfume? And I said, is it Chanel number cyst? Mm. Like Chanel number six. Uh And I peaked that day. I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I've never told a good joke as good as that since. It's a long fall from the top. You never know when you're going to peak. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And my name is Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister here also at St. Paul's Cathedral. My name is Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator also at St. Paul's Cathedral. And today we're going to introduce a new segment, combining... (laughs) Our two favorite fun fact segments, fun facts about Japan and fun facts about George Hyde Tremaine. We call it a George Pan Venn diagram, where we're (laughs) going to try to figure out (laughs) what (laughs) George and Japan have in common. So Jackie, what is your Japan fun fact for the day? My Japan fun fact is that Japan is a rabies-free country. Oh. So let's check with the judges. <laughs> <laughs> and Japan's a Is nation, George by the way. rabies free? They're saying yes. So that's a similarity that <laughs> George ding, ding. and Japan have George in the baby. George and Japan are both rabies free. And that's what we call George Pan Venn diagram. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> so. Let's anyway, move on Jesus. to the gospel. Yeah, of our Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we are in the week of uh, August 19th, proper 15th, and we are again in the Gospel of John. And like every week, our Faith to Go resources are based on the gospel, which you can find at www.stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go, uh, where you can also sign up to get a weekly email every Sunday that includes all of the faith to go resources that you'll need for the week. Um, so we are in John chapter six, verses fifty-one to fifty-eight, and this is the story right after the one we heard last week. So Maya's going to read, and then we're going to get into it. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Where whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us this flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the one which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. Okay, so we have again a whole thing about... Uh, the bread, Jesus talking about the bread of life. So Jesus has been talking about the bread of life now for how many weeks? Two, two or three? Two weeks before this. Well, so if now we're including weeks, is, feeding the 5,000. Right. Oh, true. This is the third week. And yes, Jackie, what Jackie just said is um, 
the feeding of the 5,000 was the, was the beginning of this whole conversation that Jesus is having right now. So Jesus feeds the 5,000 at the beginning of chapter 6, and then those people follow him across the Sea of Galilee, and uh, he, te- he says to them, you're only following me because I filled your stomachs with bread. Uh, and then they have this back and forth and they get into this whole bread from heaven thing. And that's what Jesus has been talking about for the last couple of weeks here in the gospel. But this is um, the end of a larger section uh, between chapters 2 and 6. So Jesus began his ministry in Cana with changing water to wine. And for these four chapters, there's a whole lot of water, bread, imagery and Jesus talking about living water, living bread, living food. Like like a lot of um a lot of food and water metaphors that are pointing to a different kind of food and water and drink that uh, then like a physical meal. Um and this is kind of the culmination of that because even though we've heard this same Um, kind of metaphor over and over for the last three weeks, Jesus adds a new layer um, in here. So there's a few differences in this gospel than there were the last week and the week before, and those are the things we're going to highlight. But I want to start with um, something that we touched on last week, which was Jackie's point, and uh, to me is even more apparent in this week's gospel, especially looking back over that four-chapter span, that four-chapter section that this is now concluding uh, with all of that food and drink imagery. So Jesus says here, the very first uh, verse of today's gospel, uh, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever drinks of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will get, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And I think that when we read, especially in John, which has a whole lot of very, a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of Jesus talking about salvation and being saved and um, judgment and kind of has a, a feeling often of being a little black and white and dualistic, we can start to think that Jesus is, Jesus is most concerned with people's individual salvation and that what he's really saying is that there's going to be some people that are saved and some people that are not going to be saved and that his whole mission and work in the world is to figure out who are the good people and who are the bad people. But he makes it pretty clear here and this is and this is one of the sections that you could that that can really come across because there's this clear distinction between those who are going to drink the 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 true eat the eat the bread of life and drink the and drink the blood and those who are not and the ones who are going to have eternal life and the ones who aren't are not but there's there's a deeper level to the journey than that and it's summed up in this verse i think because jesus doesn't say that the bread that the bread that he will give for the life of the individual person is his flesh it's the bread that he will give for the life of the world so it's clear that jesus is not concerned solely with individual salvation but with the but he's concerned for the salvation of the whole world, that this is more of a universal undertaking than an individual undertaking. But at the same time, it has a shade of the individual journey so that 
it seems like he's he's pointing to the fact that we each are walking an individual journey, but at the same time we're all walking a universal journey together also. So that our individual journey should be our participation in the life of the whole world and the universe instead of just saying, I am saved and I'm going to be okay with that and then be done. So it's kind of like 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 Jackie said last week about the, the point about not being satisfied, about remaining hungry. And it's interesting because Jesus gives us uh, another indication of this in those that first the two chapters before in another one of those food and drink uh, images in the, the beginning of chapter four he meets a Samaritan woman at a well and he's talking to her about living water he says that everyone who drinks of this water meaning the water in the well will be thirsty again but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty the water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. So that sounds a lot like the the imagery he's using in this in, he's been using in these last two gospels. And then right after that, he meets his disciples who had gone off to get him some food because they were very concerned about his nutrition because he hadn't <laughs> eaten anything in a while. It says meanwhile the disciples were urging him, "Rabbi, eat something." But he said to them, "I have food to eat that you do not know about." So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. So Jesus is talking, again, talking about food that is beyond food. Food that is living food. He's talking about living water and living bread. And he says that whoever eats the bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And before that, he says that the food that he's talking about is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. And so to essentially what I, I, I would say he's talking about here is this journey of individually engaging with the body and blood of Jesus, of consuming the life that he models in the Gospels and taking on that food which is doing the work of God in the world to bring about the kingdom of God in all of creation. And so, again, it's not Jesus. We would be, we would be missing the point if we read this and said, oh, Jesus is most concerned about me being personally saved yeah. and then that being the end of the journey. But really, if that, if my, my journey of engaging with Jesus and the life of Jesus and the journey of death and resurrection and new life doesn't intertwine with the journey of justice and uh, freedom from oppression in the whole of the, of the universe, in the world, then it's kind of removed from this living water and living food that he's talking about. I think, yeah, um, because Jesus makes a point to, I think, point out that there's not just our lives and our journeys, as you said, David, but how we interact with the rest of his body and the rest of the church and the rest of his people and the rest of the world. Um, and there's our life and then how our lives impact other people, which seems to have a life of its own and carry on forever. Mm-hmm. And did we make a positive impact or a negative one? But no one is born without making an impact, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that inter that interrelationality. Right. That is the life of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So speaking of life. Yeah, you're next. Yeah, you that I am better up. Um. So the Jews uh, were very against consuming blood, and we see that kind of in the first part where they disputed among them, um, how can we actually drink his blood or eat his flesh? And it's um, they believed that the blood of any living thing, an animal, a human, it contained kind of like the life force, and you were not to drink it. And it's why in like kosher procedures, you know, the blood is completely drained, and blood is just, you don't, don't touch, like mess with it. And you certainly don't drink it. Certainly not someone else's. And so it was definitely taboo what he was saying if it was to be taken literally. Uh-huh. But he's not talking about that because he is pointing to something that goes like blood that goes beyond blood, like life that goes beyond life, that this blood isn't actually blood. It's symbolic of something a lot bigger. Um, because it doesn't make sense because he says, um, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And we all found that particularly striking because it was, you have no life in you. But if we were going to put that in the, in the frame of the Jewish law and what their mindset at the time, it's not, I mean, we have blood, Jesus, we're good. We have life. This is our life force. Like we're set, we're fine. And he does this to say that this isn't literally blood because you don't need this to have life, like physical living life. Um, but it's something a lot more than that. And that living is a lot more than having blood in your heart mm-hmm. beating. Mm-hmm. That living takes requires a lot more effort than your heart beating and it isn't passive and it gives a lot more and it's a lot more fruitful. And so it requires a lot more participation. Yeah. He's pushing us beyond just like physical well-being to say that right to say that if you don't drink this blood if you don't eat this flesh and drink this blood you have no life in you like you're saying um that goes against if if to say that means that you don't have blood in you but that's not true everybody had blood in them so you must be talking about a different kind of blood and a different type of life right a different kind of life yeah and so it is more, it's again Jesus calling us beyond our own physical comfort and satisfaction to that food and drink that is doing the work of God in the world and that is participating in the journey that Jesus embodies in his life. Right. He does that a lot with a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. food like bread beyond bread, wine beyond wine, uh, living, like I feel like it's like, death beyond death jesus was a human beyond human you know i just feel like blank beyond blank is just kind of his mo mm-hmm. you know life beyond life yeah like a like an overflowing fullness of everything yeah water beyond water yeah. like such a huge universal thing mm-hmm. compacted into such a finite mm-hmm. thing yeah and using all these and using all these different parts of creation and showing that there's like if you take a look at them in depth, there's there's something beyond just what is on the surface of them. Yeah. There's something there's something deeper going on in this creation and in this world. There's something than universal. Just what meets the eye. Yeah. Universal and eternal. Yeah. Jackie. What's up? Here I am. What you got? I 
am continuing Maya's thought about blood, mm-hmm. adding in some bread, <laughs> and continuing to talk about the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, so the Eucharist, a.k.a. Sunday mornings for most people, um, is when we gather to hear the Word of God, and we respond to the Word of God, we offer our gifts, and we celebrate the Eucharist, and then we're sent back out into the world. Uh, and our prayer book tells us on page 857, for those following along at home, um, sacraments are outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual grace, given by Christ as sure and certain means by which we receive that grace. And I know we're thinking, what is grace? Don't worry, that's on the next page. (laughs) Grace is God's favor towards us, unearned and undeserved. By grace, God forgives our sins, enlightens our minds, stirs our hearts, and strengthens our wills. Um, And I think that's something that our corporate worship, so our Sunday mornings, our our traditional worship style, seeks to embody. Um, we believe that when we celebrate the Eucharist, that Jesus is made present with us and we call him into our presence and we're united with him. And this is why the Eucharist is central to our theology as Episcopalians, what we believe and what we think and what we do. Um, and in this gospel in particular, it is interesting because Jesus doesn't command the Eucharist of us like he does in other gospels, Mm -hmm. but he promises it. He promises that whoever eats this flesh and drinks this blood um, will have eternal life. It will be raised up on the last day. And Jesus promises that the food of life um, will be the food of the world of his flesh and blood. And he promises to nourish the world and to give of himself. And while that feels very big, Like when I read this Bible verse, I did get stuck on the forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that reminding ourselves what grace is, that it's unearned and undeserved, by grace of God forgives our sins, enlightens our minds, stirs our hearts, and strengthens our wills. I think that really speaks to what the goal of Sunday mornings are for us. To be present, to come as we are, to drink the blood and eat the flesh of Jesus Christ and to be renewed in our flawed human selves Mm -hmm. to go back out into the world. Yeah. And take part in the life of the world and not just our own and not just our own projects for salvation. Right. And that the grace that we have, we already had walking in there and it was like, we didn't earn that, but we just, I feel like it's a humbling thing for sure. Mm Well, it's like it's like taking part in the Eucharist is is a the Eucharist is like a remembrance of grace of the right. fact that we're we are invited into a participation in a life deeper than life, like in a life, death, and resurrection, and that it's not just that we're not going to reduce the Eucharist to just something symbolic. But we're not going to say, as Jesus is pretty clearly saying, that it is actually flesh and actually blood but it's something more than both of those things and different than both it's that it is it is bread but it's the most bready bread that it could be it's like <laughs> that sounds like wine, a slogan 
and the most whiny wine that it could be. It's like bread and wine that's overflowing with its thatness, which it's with its essence of what it is with creation that it 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 bubbles over and creates something in us that sends us out into the world to do the work that is our food and you know it's, it's sustaining beyond sustaining because bread and wine sustain you for a short period of time but this is like actually yeah sustaining right i don't know how else to phrase that sorry yeah so there's some that's the mystery you know <laughs> The mystery of the Eucharist. I'm Not a mystery like, oh, we can never know what this thing is, but it's like a knowing beyond knowing. It's like a thing that we can feel and know that is more than words um, and, and a mystery in that way. So we have three things from this gospel. Uh, the first is about uh, taking part in the life and uh, salvation and healing of the world, and that our food is participation in that very life and work. Uh, the second thing is about the blood and about the life beyond life that Jesus is uh, calling us to, and that this is an invitation uh, to something more than actual blood or actual wine, but... Um, that the, that the blood is a is a doorway into a um, a life of deeper life, and the third thing is about the Eucharist uh, and how this is really the only this is the institution of the Eucharist in the Gospel of John. There is no institution at the Last Supper, and that the Eucharist is meant to be a reminder to go out into the world. Uh, as a community and take part in the community of all creation. So, uh, those are the three things, and Maya is going to read the gospel again and see if you can hear anything new this second time through. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. All right, that's our episode for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back in your feed next week for Proper Sixteen on August twenty sixth. But until then, make you make sure you go and check out all the Faith to Go resources at www.stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go. Make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it that might be interested. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at faith to go where we post things every week, uh, discussion questions, and snippets from the podcast. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next week, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.